You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Ain't No Seeds. All right, folks, what's good? Another episode of Ain't No Seeds podcast. And boys, we've got, we're going to talk hoops today. Uh, most of this episode, we still got, we'll learn more about football, um, bowl game getting announced here soon. We can talk about that next week. But we got a lot to talk about basketball wise. Um, Hawks got back from Maui. I don't know how we feel about, we'll talk about how we feel about how the Maui trip went. Um, Hawks played a game last night that was not beautiful, uh, quite quite concerning, if, if we're being honest. But also, uh, probably a look-ahead game as, as you get ready for a, a big-time game for UConn on Friday. So, I guess where I want to start, and B-Turn, I'll go to you first. Last episode, we talked about our expectations, what we liked about this team. A lot's happened since. Um, where are you right now with this team? Have you changed at all? Are the concerns the same thing? Where are you at? No, I still feel fine, and I've I've kind of maintained that they have four um, legit starters that you know what you know what you're going to get from them every night. And obviously, KJ has had a rough time. I'm still thinking about him, and I know Bill commented about Maui how he was having a tough time sleeping. Obviously, he wasn't playing a ton out there, um, and we needed an energy guy and a physical guy against Marquette like him. So that was tough. I still think some of our bench players um, and role players, I guess, are going to develop throughout the year. I know last night was Eastern Illinois, not very good team at all, but it looked like Timberlake looked a little better. Um, it looked like El Marco didn't play great, but he looked a little more comfortable. I think Johnny Furphy is kind of developing every game and looking better every game. So I think they'll get better minutes from the bench that we've seen. Um and I still feel fine. Obviously, last night was weird. It just felt like one of those games you're at, Allen, and it feels like they're going to pull away. I mean, they're 38-point favorites. You feel like they're going to get up 20, 30 points. I was looking. The spread was like 30 at halftime even, the live spread. So it was weird. It was a one-point game with five minutes left, and I was just envisioning. I mean, you never envision us losing at Allen, but you lose as a 38-point favorite. It's like the same spread as that Chaminade game. I, it would have been one of the most – embarrassing losses like in KU history whoa it would have been yeah like people were like is this going to be the worst loss in Bill Self or Kansas home history I'm like uh this would be the worst home loss maybe of any basketball program ever didn't Duke AB set the record who'd they lose to at the buzzer they were like at Austin baby yeah they were 33 point favorites in that game I think is that right Maybe that's not the game. Duke lost a game where they were like 33-point favorites at home, and it was a record. Um, so, yeah, it would have been historically bad. That's what I tweeted. It was so bad that it was almost, like, funny. Like, it it was just so out of – it wasn't real. Like, we could play that game a 100 times, and I would bet that's the closest it would ever be. So, I wasn't that concerned. It was just a fluky – Bad, bad game. It, not you know why it was? Why? You can't get 20-year-olds to play Marquette, Tennessee, in Maui, have Thanksgiving, come back home, 
have UConn upcoming on Friday. They have three top seven matchups in a week's time, nine days' yeah. time. And then yeah. you expect them to come out and play against this literally the 17th worst ranked team in college basketball. <laughs> I don't know if I, like, I know I say it a lot. I don't know how much it truly affects it. That just screams like sandwich spot that they do not give a single shit about the game. And they sleepwalk, yeah. and they're going to be just fine. I promise everyone to not freak out about that. They're gonna yeah, and and honestly, they're late in the game when it was tight. It kind of took a Bill Self timeout where he drew up an elite play where they fed Hunter Dickinson um, in the post, and he finished. And KU kind of not really separated. They only won by nine or eight, whatever it was, but kind of got in a groove offensively where they just fed Hunter. I think he had back-to-back buckets. Um, but yeah, it was it was terrifying, and we we love Kevin as much as anyone. I don't know how much you guys paid attention, but to me, it either looked like he was one hurt, um, two sick, or three just going through the motions because I've never seen. And he still he got eighteen or nineteen shot attempts up, but he missed like eight layups. He I kind of was watching him defensively. He was kind of just going through the motions and not really guarding, and it it just looked weird to me. So definitely weird spot after Thanksgiving after yeah you just got beat up in Maui and it was kind of an emotional trip and then you have the defending national champs a couple days later who are as good as anyone so I don't know if Kevin like I said I don't know if he was sick hurt or just kind of going through the motions but he he looked a little different to me and I think that's just a reflection of Thanksgiving and kind of just looking ahead a little bit yeah and I think it's a lot of it is like You guys said it was just a classic letdown game. Also, fresh off the best week of McCuller's career, he sets a record or like has a historic week, truly. So it's like he, a little bit of that, I think just reverting back to averages, maybe. I don't know. But yeah, I found it funny that after that Bill Self timeout in the final minutes, you could just tell how much harder we were trying on defense. Like you could tell the way we were like getting up in guys' faces, sliding our feet. Like it was just very clear that the energy wasn't there. Uh, so, like I said, I'm not that concerned about it. Um, I did look. But I, if you guys yeah. are ready to move on, I don't know. We don't want to spend too much time on this. Yeah. Game. Uh, uh, what's their name? Stephen F. Austin was 265th in Ken Palm when they played Duke in that game. So they were about 100 spots better than this Eastern Illinois team. So, yeah, it would have yeah, been, so, been real Yeah, Kits, yeah. yeah, that's crazy. They, they, yeah. they ended up 100th, though, so they weren't that bad. I kept ca- trying to, like, put myself in their shoes. Like, how – I mean, at halftime, even when it just looked brutal and ugly, I just was thinking, like, as a – like A.B. said, as a 19, 20, 21-year-old, like – would you really get up for this game? Like, obviously, you're at Allen. You cherish every moment you play there, but you just came from Hawaii playing two top 10 teams, and then you have a top five team a few days later in the same building, and you have a team that obviously these players know. I'm sure they know about, like, I don't know, point spreads or, like, what these teams are ranked or where they are in, like, metrical rankings. So I feel like they see that. And, yeah, I just thinking as a college student how – hard it would be to get up for that game i mean just i have season tickets and i didn't consider going one time like i was offering them to anybody i could find so uh it just was a bo- it was just the stinker of a game nobody was excited like ab said you just played marquette tennessee you were in hawaii you went uh you have thanksgiving like yeah we don't need to spend we don't need to overanalyze eastern illinois 
But what I do want to talk about is the Maui trip in more detail. Um, first off, Shaka Smart, the worst. Cannot stand that guy. The guy is like playing real life, my player mode in NBA 2K. Like it's like he never played at this high a level. And so now he just wants to pretend he's a player. He's he's saying F you to college kids. He's in a defensive stance for 30 seconds straight, basically double teaming our players. Um, good strategy. And then he's like talking shit to Bill Self. Like you can just tell Bill, just the look on Bill's face is just like, Unbelievable. Are you kidding me, dude? Unbelievable. He said it twice. <laughs> yeah. But, I, uh, hey, other than that, other than Shaka Smart being the absolute worst, his team looked pretty dang good, and they wore us out. They were the far better team, way quicker, way more athletic, way more energy, better team, no doubt. Um, and it was, it was concerning. I think the bounce back against Tennessee was good. A.B., I want to go to you because you made the prediction. 29 wins regular season. Did the Maui trip change how you feel about that prediction? It's going to be tough to go 29 and 2, huh? <laughs> yeah, that that's why I'm probably in the dust, but I don't know. Like I I don't feel that I much different. Did you really expect be... us to win Maui though? Like what were your Yeah. How confident you were? I yeah. I did. Um and then Purdue if I Purdue must just be a regular season too. They're uh but anyways, like four top ten teams. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't feel too much different about them to be honest. Um, but I've been pretty hard on this. The point with like Furphy and El Marco and even Timberlake to an extent, like they're gonna get better. At least the two freshmen are. That's just natural progression. So like, I'm I'm not really worried about how they look right now. So in tennis, like when they were playing Tennessee, if they would have lost that and then looked like how they did last night, maybe I'm feeling a little bit different because three straight games of not feeling good about them. But at the end of the day, like, I think they're going to be fine. It's, there's still a lot of new faces on the team. We know how Bill Self teams are. They always, they never look their best in November unless Yudoka Azubuki gets hurt right before conference play starts. So yes. I I still feel very confident that, like, the end goal is still national championship or bust. Um, but I don't know that 29-2 is going to be realistic. So, no, I don't think that's going to continue to be a prediction for me but if it does i will absolutely continue to fire this video i guess maybe it's more fair and either of you can answer this because i know where i stand i think i based on what you just said i agree or you stand where i stand but do you feel still good that like this is a team this is a team that'll win the conference get a one seed just have a typical bill self year because mm -hmm. i know I, I guess yeah like I, I don't think there's really even any doubt um what's a what's a non-typical bill self year like what I would say, is it, is I'm talking, anything worse than like a two seed? I'm talking maybe. I mean, worst Bill Self year. What would you say? Probably 2021. We're a three seed. We get absolutely pumped by USC. Yeah. That team was not good. Weird constructing team. Uh, that team 2015 with Ubre. That team somehow got a two seed, but it was because they had the toughest schedule and somehow won the Big Twelve. But that team was not good either. I got news so, for Ryan. This what? we if if it's going to be bad and they lose eight nine games and we go into the tournament not feeling like we can win the championship, they're probably still going to end up being a two seed. Exactly. So like, so yeah, I guess it's more like a, a feeling going into the tournament. But like already the schedule we've played and the, what the Big Twelve is yeah. going to be like with Houston, Baylor, you know, BYU. Now it's insane. 
I don't know if they've won every game since, but they were in the top 10 in Ken Palm recently. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I always do that every year with the Big 12. Like, man, the Big 12 could be down this year. Who knows? And then, obviously, you got Houston, you got Baylor, you got BYU, you got Texas, KU. But, yeah, I'm just sitting here thinking about what our resume could look like if they do win Friday night. I mean, you obviously lost to Marquette, and it wasn't very competitive, but you'd have wins over Kentucky, Tennessee, and UConn in the first month of the season. Barely. December 2nd. Yeah, so that would be elite. Um, I don't know. How much we really want to talk about Maui at all? Obviously, you kind of laid it out with Marquette. I mean, Cam Jones and Tyler Kolick combined for like 14 points. Those are the two I was obviously worried about. Those two guards are really good. And we just got dominated early in the game. It felt like we were scoring at will. Hunter was going off. Kev looked really good. And then from there on, I can't – I wonder how many possessions you can count on hand where we got a good look offensively just getting pressured. Um, their guards were bullying us. Dewan kind of needed to dictate the pace a little better, but their guards just bullied us um, on offense and on the and on defense. We couldn't couldn't uh, penetrate past our defender. Couldn't Dewan just couldn't do what he does. Pick and roll. They took away the pick and roll completely. And yeah, they Iso Iguodaro killed us. Um, but Marquette is absolutely a national title um, contender. Uh, Shock is so annoying. He was sitting there smacking the floor from opening tip. That's kind of what you got to do, though, at those in-season tournaments out in different states. Like, you just got to have energy. Um, and KU just didn't match it. But, yeah, the Shaka stuff was kind of wild. He made a comment about how Kevin at Tech was pretty competitive when he coached at Texas. So I, maybe they have some beef going back. But I've seen players talk shit to benches all the time. You see it pretty much every game where they hit a three and just show emotion. Yeah. I mean, I mean Mark, Shaka's Mark, a... He's a hold back guy. He's a guy that gets bumped in a crowded bar and yeah, makes his it. friends hold him back. Like that's just shock. He's a guy that likes to pretend he's ready to throw hands, um, but likely very much does not do that. And, um, the, and the beef between him and Bill is just so funny. I mean, it obviously starts back with 2011, and Shaka could have just won and not said anything, but he obviously talks shit at his Texas um, his opening interview, and then Bill after the game they kind of asked him about it how they got Shaka's story and he doubled down on saying, I guarantee it wasn't accurate. He said it like twice. So yeah. and for Bill to publicly make it clear, he doesn't like you. Like Bill's a tight lipped guy. He's not, he, you're not getting Bill self's real thoughts. A lot of times. I don't think when it's a situation like that, he's pretty polished on how he handles the press. And like, so for him to come out and just flat out be like, yeah, no, that guy's probably a freaking liar. And, essentially like just made it clear he doesn't like to do that i loved it because yeah bill self's one of those guys if he doesn't like you then i'd probably just think you suck because yeah. i trust bill self's uh but then evaluation of a of a guy like that but then the next day obviously they rebound play a top 10 team in tennessee and find a way to win. i don't know how impressed i am with tennessee but obviously defensively they're Highly regarded. Um, Rick Barnes is a great coach. I think they're getting shit pumped by UNC right now. I don't know. Just seeing that and slightly concerned. I don't know what the score is, but still the rebound like that after Bill Bill was kind of talking about the team after the Marquette game, just talking about KJ and how it's kind of been draining. Um, But to come back that next day and win, and Bill kind of sounded shocked that they won. Like he was, he was just adamant on how big of a win that was and how huge it was to re to respond in like 10 or 12 hours after the marquette game are you seeing this 
61 <laughs> points in half? Yeah, that seems the best defense in the country, aren't they? Aren't they number one? Yeah. They're number one on Kempo. What are they going down I to? Mean, I need to go hammer. So I don't know what to hammer, but I want to hammer like Tennessee second half. I don't know. Carolina's not even shooting that well, dude. I mean, they're How's 16 that? to 16 what? from the line, but they're, I mean, Jesus. 58%. Tennessee shooting 53%. What is it? Just Baycott getting to the line or? Uh, um, but yeah, that was, they just don't impress me. They have one guy, um, connect or whatever from, I think he went to like Northern Colorado or something like that. But yeah, yeah. Harrison Ingram, I was going to say, went to UNC. That was a guy that God, I hate. Kind of a miss now if he's actually good. I haven't paid any attention to him. Well, th- I feel shooter. like this is a conversation for later down the road, but there was a scholarship that we could have given to a lot of really impact players around the country. I mean, Khalif Battle is averaging like 16 a game. Harrison Ingram's doing the same. Um, God, there's one more I can't think of. But Who's the guy that went to Oh, Matthew Cleveland that went to um, Miami. Yeah. Is averaging like 15 or 16. So there's a lot of guys that could impact and score. And a guy that could complement Dewan really well. We we really have our hopes high on El Marco, obviously. But need him to come, come along really quickly. And Rye, you always say it too. Two guards that can handle the ball and score would be would be massive. We need a a guard and I just a Dewan. Yeah, let's 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 talk home field real quick and then I wanna I wanna get more into like the starting lineup, the guard play, all that. But as always, uh home field apparel, they're they're the best in the business. We we love all their stuff, their hoodies. Uh the new bomber jackets just came out. I saw some people getting those. Those are absolutely fire. Uh homefieldapparel.com go check them out christmas coming up i promise even if it's not for a ku fan if you've got family that are fans of other schools go check out the stuff that homefield has it'll be the most unique different type shirt they've ever gotten for when it comes to whatever team they cheer for uh even if it's k-state even if it's missouri i i think iowa state maybe has some fire stuff too so like if you got family members, go have them check out Homefield Apparel, like we always say. They know what fans want. They use the unique designs. They use the cool fonts fans beg for. So we love Homefield Apparel. We appreciate their support, and we hope you go uh, support them. So we're going to take a quick break. We will be right back. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. 
Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so I do want to talk about, I mean, obviously we made a mistake in the train like this off season, it was flat out bad what we what we did when it came to who we decided to take as another guard. Um, and now you're without one. Like it you deserve what you get based on what all went down on that. Um, but we have what we have now, which is El Marco and Nick Timberlake, and that's that's been the big question mark. I tweeted it the first night or the Kentucky game, and AB was giving me shit, but like the two guard is a concern. Now, I think El Marco, I'm not as concerned about him, like AB just said. Like they're going to get better. But even with El Marco getting better, does he solve what this team needs? That's where I get worried. I don't know if his shooting's going to ever get to the level we needed to get to. And, so I don't know. I'm trying to figure out what truly is the biggest, biggest concern with this team because I think I saw it was actually uh, Nick Schwartz was talking about like this team shooting 40% from three. And now that's on low volume. They're not taking a ton, but still they're shooting 40% from three. So it's not like it's just an epic, epic disaster of shooting. But I think kind of like you said, uh, B turn against Marquette and even last even last night it's just like it doesn't feel like we can get anything there's no penetration there's no there's nobody attacking the basket so it's like other than McCuller and then whatever you would consider Dickinson but it's just like is is shooting truly what we should is that still the biggest concern or is it just like offense overall is the biggest concern I don't I'm having a hard time figuring out what truly is gonna like be the thing that takes this team down if they lose early in March or something. Yeah, I mean, I think you know what you're going to get from Hunter every night, 15 and 20, and kind of that sample size, a lot of it actually is probably from him. I mean, he's I think he's only missed a handful of threes this year. Um, Dewan had his game where he shot a ton of threes, and he made a bunch of them. Or, he, shit, he only missed one, and he hasn't shot a ton of threes outside of that. So, yeah. It's, I'd like to see where we're at since the Kentucky game. Even yeah, the first game last year, night. Missed. I think last night we we hit three threes. Um, El Marco hit one really early. Timberlake hit one, and then who else hit one? Furphy. Furphy hit one from the corner. Yeah. So that was yeah. so pure. Oh my! Can we, can we talk about Furphy's jumper? For yes, just, just, <laughs> just the idea of it. It's it's. I think it's my favorite. It's yeah. like my favorite jumper. I'm trying not to be prisoner of the moment here, but like I think Ben McLemore had one of those jumpers where every time he shot it, you were just like, oh. The way his elevate, it was just a beautiful jumper. Keep talking uh-huh. to me, baby, because you, uh-huh. your question that you just asked: What's this team missing? Shooting. Who's got a beautiful jump shot? Johnny Furphy. I, I know. I I hope it's. I don't know though. Like, who do we want? So, it sounds like AB. Your answer would be: If we had to pick one guy to take a big step, and by February he's just a very dialed in good basketball player. 
who do we want it to be? Do we want it to be Furphy strictly for the shooting? Or do we want it to be El Marco who can maybe, you know, distribute better, get in the paint better? Penet- I don't know. Like I, I true or do you want it to be Timberlake for shooting and maybe experience? I don't know. What do you what do you guys think of that? I think Furphy for sure. I just I don't know. That's my gut. And I know I've been in the conversation, can he play the two? But I think McCuller can play the two. And McCullough is your second point guard already right now. That's been publicized. So that solves the question between two ball handlers that can go drive the drive to the rim and either score or kick out and pass. Furphy's out there shooting, and then KJ and Dickinson dominate from 16 feet in. Like, yeah. to me, that is big lineup like ideal. That. And we talked about El Marco. Even, like you just said, even if he gets better, are we sure that improves what we need? Like, I don't know that it does. I mean, I, I think he's going to get better regardless, but... I think if I were to choose one, yeah, it would be Furby to take the jump and give us a threat from the outside that they don't have to lag off, and that's probably why we can't get much penetration is because we're not a threat to shoot outside. They can jam the middle of the defense, and there you go. So, I, yeah, for sure it's Furby. Or Timberlake. We're, I feel like we've been hard on him, but if I, I saw a highlight clip of him, and I get it's at Towson. I understand it's at Towson. But if we he see 50% of that, that, Dude, he did try to double two-hand yams yeah, trying to punch one. Night. He yeah. did that against Marquette, too, or a game he, in Maui. He just needs a confidence boost, I feel like. So, I mean, maybe yeah, he's enough dude. Like, I, and to me, like, I just I don't worry that if he's not the answer because I feel like the other guys could be. But Timberlake might just also be the answer, and I think that might put El Marco in a weird spot. In the year, but we really need the, the help on So, him. I have a... I want to hear what B turn. We're three hundredth in the country in pers- like three pointers taken. The ratio of like three pointers taken to total shots taken. Like we don't take many threes whatsoever. We just need a threat that open. Like you think Dickens has been up crazy numbers right now? Imagine if those guys start hitting shots consistently. Mm-hmm. Well, what is a lineup scenario? You have a B turn. I want to hear who you like. If you had to pick a guy that takes the biggest step, and it's just the clear guy. Come March, who is it? I think it's got to be Timberlake because he's proven it at this level. He's an upperclassman. He has experience. I, he's super athletic. He absolutely can't guard me, but he can. He's one one of the best shooters on the floor at all times, in my opinion. Obviously, he hasn't shot it well this year, but he's done it for four years or ho- however long he's done it. So I think obviously Furphy. You hope um, he does, but it's tough to rely on a true freshman a younger guy obviously you need an upperclassman especially with our lineup we got a bunch of older older cats obviously hunters of senior kj junior kevin's like a fifth year dewan's pretty much a senior so you'd have seniors and juniors and timberlake um i just like i said i think he'd be one of the best shooters on the floor against anyone he just he has to start knocking down consistently i think exactly what ab said it's a confidence thing um, he just he looks timid, and obviously Bill's going to get on you for any mistake. You turn it over, you airball a jumper like he did last night. You're getting yanked out of the game, where you're getting yelled at. So he's coming off the bench cold. He knows there's a lot of guards he's competing with for minutes. Obviously, Furphy, El Marco, even Jamari McDowell is probably a guy that could play over him. I mean, I love what I've seen from him. That's a guy we haven't even talked about yet. That's a guy that just goes out there and plays. And that's kind of the same thing with Furphy. Like Furphy, that nothing phases him. He goes out there and guards, plays hard, rebounds. He'll shoot jumpers even if they're contested. So 
I want to say Furphy because the ceiling's crazy high, but I just think Timberlake's done it for a while. He has the experience and he has the ability. Obviously, we know Furphy does too, but it's the sample size for me where Timberlake's done it for four years. I know it's not at high level power five um, yeah. talent. It's, but- just, it's so tough because he's been, I mean, this has been as bad of a start as he ever could have envisioned. And it's like, it's one of those things where you know it's not, I mean, he's missing wide open fast break layups. Like it is such a mental thing, but the longer it goes on, does this, at a certain point, does a guy mentally break? I'm confident he will turn it around. I don't know how much he'll turn it around, but I wanted to throw this lineup out to you guys because it's been one that's been on my mind. Mm. What if we see a scenario where either Timberlake, let's just say Timberlake or El Marco or McDowell, but probably Timberlake or El Marco. They take a big step and they're they're really good. One of those two. But then also, Furphy continues to kind of get better and make more shots, rebound a little better. Is there ever a scenario where you go to Juan, El Marco, Kevin, Furphy at the four, and Hunter at the five, and KJ? I mean, it's probably crazy. No. I don't think KJ is going to leave the floor, but defensive rebounding is KJ is not. You say the lineup again. Basically, you just Furphy and for KJ. I just like I had this vision last night of like, man, can you imagine Dewan with a guy like Timberlake? Now, this isn't a scenario where like surrounded by shooters. Out. Yes. And it also just makes it feels like it would help Hunter so much. And it's not gonna happen. KJ Bill Self loves KJ and I love KJ. And KJ is gonna win us games at some point this year. But there are times where it just feels like the fit in this in the lineup. Him next to Dickinson, plus McCuller, who's not an outside threat that much, and uh, it just doesn't feel like it's the best fit at times. And so I've been thinking, like, man, what if Furphy can? It would take Furphy improving quite a bit, but I think that could be a pretty exciting lineup. I don't, I don't know how much minutes it could get, but there's still some exciting thoughts to this team. I think. I mean, I haven't I haven't paid attention to it a ton. Obviously, Maui was tough because KJ didn't play as much, but I definitely saw some chatter on Twitter and just message words last night about how KJ paired with Hunter kind of just looks a little weird and the spacing is a little goofy. So I haven't paid attention a ton to that. Obviously, I will going forward, um, but I feel like Friday night is a perfect example against UConn where you're going to need need guys to knock down jumpers. I mean, you KJ realistically can't really score from outside of what five feet eight feet I mean he makes little floaters and he's randomly taken a couple big Dave 15 footers this year and has he struggled from the free throw line too so yeah it'd be nice to see I mean what Furphy's probably the same height as KJ six Dude, so seven? here's a crazy Johnny Furphy actually I want I want you guys to predict this what do you think KJ Adams is averaging per game rebounds wise, and what do you think Johnny Furphy's averaging rebound wise? KJ's at like three and a half every game for uh, sports on DraftKings, three and a half rebounds. So he's got to be three or four. Yeah, he's three point four, and Johnny Furphy is averaging two point six. It's less than one rebound, and KJ is playing. Um, Johnny Furphy's playing half the minutes, so. 
Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, is I'd there... like to dive a little deeper into that, though. I'm just... I, I, like, mean, I, I get it. Like, KJ's never been a big rebounder, but it's like this year, if Furphy's coming in with the reserves and Parker Brown... I almost said Parker Brown. Jesus Christ, I still haven't moved on. But if Furphy's coming on with Parker Brown in the game, Dickinson's going to get 17 to 20 rebounds every night he's on the court with KJ. So it's like, to me, if Furphy's out there with some reserves... And Dickinson stealing rebounds from KJ if they're already colliding. I don't know. The way I view KJ on defense anyway is he's guarding a guard most of the time. So, like, yeah, maybe you could get some more. I've always, like, I still have that issue with Andrew Wiggins. You're the most athletic person in the gym. Go jump and get a ball. But if he's on the court with Dickinson almost exclusively, Dickinson's probably going to get those rebounds more times than he's not. So, I don't yeah, know. Like, like we're not that's really his role. But as a team, we're not a good defensive rebounding team, so That's Dickinson fair. isn't getting all the rebounds. The problem is Dickinson's getting 13 boards a game, but like we need to be getting a lot more. Like yeah. we need it's him and Kev basically yeah. on the boards. Kevin's I mean, Kev's had seven. he's had multiple double digit rebound games, and then I think he averaged seven or eight last year, and then he'll probably do the same this year. Last night was not active at all on the boards. I think he had two or three, but um, yeah, I. KJ's obviously got to do more. It's so hard to harp on him because of what he's going through right now. Like, he's not, he's obviously not in it. And I feel bad. Like, and, and it's, we've said it for a couple of years now. I mean, he, that's a guy that's going to play. If Bill falls in love with you and you play hard and you defend, you're going to play. I've kind of compared it to Mark Vidal at Baylor. I'm trying to think of their starting lineup that year. If, if he was next to, a big, I forget who their big was. It was they had did Michael Mayer play. Did he start? Or you know? they obviously had T. Jared Butler, Mossy, or um, they had some other. big center, didn't they? Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, I'll try to think if Vital was like the. It was Vital. It was Vital Butler Teague. Who was their second guard though? They had another stud guard. Uh, Flagler. Yeah, Adam Flagler was the other guard. So they played. Yeah, Jonathan Chu. Chamu Chachua. Chamu Chachua. But did he start? Vidal. Okay. Well, and then they also had Flo Thamba, right? <laughs> well, you guys are just leaving Matthew Meyer out of this conversation. Sir. Well, he played. It definitely, I don't think he started. I think yeah. he was off the bench. I but... just looked up at Ken Palm. He was the second leading contributor on that team, but that always freaks me out. I've got one more thing to defend KJ really quick because I feel like we're getting a lot of trashing on KJ, and as you guys know, he's like my favorite player. And I have one more thing to defend KJ as well, so go ahead. We have to remember that this guy's playing a brand new position. He's never played in college. It's the seventh game of the season, and he's got another big next to him that he's only played with seven times. Like, yes. Plus the personal stuff that we've already talked about. There's just a lot. Like, it's not, it doesn't always come naturally. And that's why I still say, like, I'm not worried until it happens in early March right before postseason play starts or something like that. We're still seeing the same shit. I agree. Maybe we look into K, like switching it up with KJ, but it's just it's not going to happen. Like they're going to figure it out, and they're going to be fine. So let me say a couple things. One, when I threw the Furphy lineup out there, it wasn't me being like Johnny Furphy should play thirty minutes and KJ should play twelve. It was more of like does KJ play twenty two instead of thirty, and Furphy plays eighteen twenty. I don't know. Like not still probably not going to happen, but. The other thing is, like you said, he's playing a new position, and Bill in postgame last night made a good point. Like, last year, KJ was a 6'5 center, so his entire objective was not go get every rebound. It was just box your guy out, 
get the seven footer you're guarding out of the lane so that Jay Will, Grady, and Kevin can go rebound. So like KJ's job was not box out and then go get a ball. It was simply just clear your man and Kevin will come clean it up. Jay Will will come clean it up. Whereas now KJ's having to revert back to now you got to go get a ball because you're no longer guarding the best rebounder on the floor. You're guarding a guard or you're guarding a guy that's not their best rebounder. So now you've got to go out rebound him. Um, so that, that's definitely something that will impact how this goes. It's just in the thing about KJ, it sucks to say it. It's not even about his, his talent or his, how he's played. He's our third leading scorer. He's been fine. It's just his style of play next to a guy like Dickinson. And honestly, next to a Kevin McCuller and a Dewan Harris. Like, you don't want KJ being around guys that aren't outside threats all the time. But Dewan might be. If, I think if yeah. one tried to be, he probably could be. But he's Yeah, just... and then one just one more thing on KJ, Rye. You brought up the intensity KU had kind of late when it got tight, and they finally realized, okay, this is the game. Bill called timeouts. KJ was tremendous defensively. Like, he was so yeah. good. He was guarding guards, keeping them in front of him. They couldn't dribble drive past him. So, yeah, he's plays so hard. He's so good defensively. He'll have six lobs a game where his head is above the top of the backboard and he's screaming and you just love it. So he will I don't, be the biggest fist pumps you'll ever see. I don't I don't think it's a KJ issue. Like I've said, we got four starters that you know what you're getting and they're going to play hard every night with Hunter, KJ, Kev, Dewan. I just I think we need another guard to take a next step, be explosive, knock down jumpers consistently. Um, but yeah, we can. I don't know what you guys want to talk about next. I kind of wanted to go on a little mini rant about Dewan and kind of what our fans have been saying already early in the year about him. Oh, well, my favorite, my favorite tweet I've gotten on the year maybe was that Dewan is too old for college oh, basketball. Sure, born in two thousand. So maybe, or was he born in 01? I don't even know, but go ahead. I just, obviously it's not every fan and it's early in the year. I just don't He even said it on Instagram. Like I'll shoot when I need to shoot. And people are forgetting 15 days ago, he literally took the game. I know Hunter and Kevin had historical performances, but Dewan, we all three know that Dewan took that game over, won that game for KU. I think personally, Kentucky's one of the best teams in the country. I think they'll prove that throughout the year. So Dewan did that 15 days ago. I think going into a game against Eastern Illinois, like I think Dewan, he's trying to stock up assists. Second off, he's never been this elite scorer where he tries to take over and take all these crazy shots. The coaching staff literally tells him to shoot. Even CB says like that Dewan just always wants to pass. And then kind of my other thing is, I feel like fans would flip flop. If Dewan started taking 10, 14 shots a game, if he goes 13, if he goes three for 14 one night, for example, they'd be like, oh my God, why isn't Dewan facilitating and doing what he always does, getting guys involved and just focusing on defense? So I feel like it's like yeah. you can't win with him. And I kind of was just going through older point guards that we've kind of compared him to and kind of compared his career to. One is Aaron Miles, who obviously point god like we love him the jordan headband rocking the jays and then russ rob is kind of was an other the other one like russ rob and a miles what does anyone have to say about them bad like aaron miles elite point guard most assists ever russ rob national title team didn't shoot much he was so solid glue guy everyone loves him dewan harris 
UNC game, R.J. Davis, Caleb Love shut them down after the game in the locker room. Bill's pointing at Dewan, points at him. You changed this game. Obviously, Dave was great. Oach, CB, whatever. Dewan changed the game. I remember when he was showing emotion, getting steals, all that, leading out to all those fast breaks that we always tweet out the videos, and then just looking at the all-time assists. Um, leaders at KU. I was I tweeted them out earlier. I know KU Hoops tweeted out that Dewan is 11th all time at 507. He's averaging seven assists a game, so he's about 10 games from like being inside of the top 10, 15 games from being inside like the top five all time assists. I think. If he keeps that pace, I think end of the year he'll pass Cedric Hunter for third all time, and then he's probably got a year left. Um, but I was I was just comparing stats between A Miles and Dewan, and like A Miles never really took shots. I know the teams were stacked, but Dewan has a better field goal percentage all the time than Aaron Miles. He has a better three point percentage. A Miles averaged eight points a game. Dewan's averaging six for his career. He's averaging five assists a game. Um, he shot six attempts a game, Aaron Miles, throughout his career. Dewan shooting five. So it's like, what? what's the difference between like an Aaron Miles and a Dewan yeah. Harris? Dewan Harris, who didn't start his first year, Aaron Miles started all four years. This is three years of Dewan sample size. Dewan's probably going to stay another year and be the all-time assist leader at KU. So like Aaron Miles, six attempts a game, seven attempts a game, seven, six. Dewan's five, seven, six. Like they're kind of the same. Air Miles gets praised, and he's the best point guard ever because he played with those electric teams. And Dewan won national title. Let me, let me ask you this though: if 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 Aaron Miles had a bad game against, I don't know, the top, you know, Marquette of two thousand and two, two thousand three, I feel like the conversation in the moment would be the same though. Like in twenty years, yeah. we're going to remember Dewan Harris as a fucking legend, regardless of the game. The game, like, yeah. So that, that's, just, that's just sports the fan base is, and the fan yeah. the fan base is crazy. So like they're exactly. gonna nitpick and pinpoint like I don't know. I think like long term, like those stats, I didn't even know those stats were that close. That's kind of fucking crazy. But yeah, that's the, like, we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna that's, the one for you. He won a national championship. He's he's good. That's it, definitely I guess I was gonna say, like same with Russ Rob. I think there were times where people were like, Why is Russell Robinson starting when you have Sharon Call? Like there was definitely times where people got frustrated with Russell Robinson, but at the end of the day, you love him, you want him on your team, and you're going to love him for life, especially because he also won a national title. So, but, but yeah, like last year, DeWan averaged 8.9 points a game, and obviously you want him to come back average double figures. But kind of my point with all that, and we've, we've harped on this a lot, I feel like, is like, what do you, what kind of leap or jump do you expect from him? And, what like what what do you expect him to do? Do you expect him to become this guy that takes 10, 15 shots a game when you have Hunter and Kevin shooting 30, 40 times a game? Like I would personally rather have Dewan just facilitate, get those guys good looks. He's throwing lobs to KJ Hunter. Um, so I, I just don't know what KU fans want out of him exactly. Do you want this guy to average 15 points a night? I know you want him to shoot more, but it's like Eastern Illinois, your 38 point favorites, you're probably going in there expecting to just dime. Get it would eight be interesting to hear, like, yeah, what someone's true. If you just said, if you pulled 10,000 Kansas basketball fans and said, if it were up to you realistically, what would Dewan Harris's stat line be? Like, is it 
ten and seven? Is it? I think like last year, what Dewan Harris' stat line was, it was what nine and six. I would love give me nine and six all day. I'll take that. And he his averages will get up because he didn't even attempt to score in the first game of the year. Like didn't even look at the basket. So I just I feel like KU fans will never come to realize the point that like Dewan's like one of the best true point guards to ever come through KU. Like Aaron Miles has kind of had that um title for a long time and he deserves it. I love I hope no one thinks I'm like talking shit on him. I'm just kind of comparing. And maybe it's because those teams were so exciting. Like O two and O three it was just insane. But like A Miles, um his percentages freshman year 40%, 41%, 40%, 46% from three, 29%, 25%, 30%. Like even senior year. Yeah, so he finished he actually shot fifty percent from three his senior year. So he finished at thirty four. But even his senior year, like think about that team. Obviously, you had Big Dub. It was great. Keith was good. Jr. Um, but Keith kind of went through the injuries. Like that was probably a year where A. Miles needed to step up. But Aaron Miles. And I, was I actually, I actually do think Miles kind of got dragged his senior year a little bit. I mean that that team just yeah. melted down, and people were pissed at Miles. Like I think I don't know. I was what were we? Ten, eleven. But, Bill's first year. Yeah, so it just, it, I don't know. I think DeWan, it, you're never going to have a time where KU fan base, there's going to be a time where KU fan base turns on Hunter Dickinson this year. I guarantee it. He will have a bad conference game that we will lose and people will say he's not a winner. He doesn't try hard. Think about what they said about Dickinson after the Illinois scrimmage. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's like, I still have people that when like I say like, oh, this team's fine and whatever, they're like, I'm like keeping it was like when I tweeted about the 2020 team how bad they looked in the Champions Classic and people were like oh Yudoka's not walking through this door and that team had shooters and that team had guys it's like Isaiah Moss was the only good outside shooter on that team like it's so funny how much we forget about like the more time passes everything always seemed better in all aspects of life like everything in the past always seemed better than it probably was um that team in 2020, I would argue, was like at times looked like a weirdly constructed team. Yeah. That they was at young. one point started David McCormick and Yudoka yeah. together. Like And that was young Oates where he was kind of just getting established. He had that red shirt year um where he showed the flashes. And then yeah, that year I think I was looking the other day, he was like thirty two percent from three dot. That was the only issue with him is that he couldn't shoot it well that year, and that was kind of the issue with the NBA stuff. And then, yeah, you had Dave and Doak and Marcus. Marcus, who was just, that team was so fucking good defensively, where you got Marcus, Dot, Ocho Solid, and then Doak as the rim protector. This year, I don't know if they can get there, but I think KJ, McCuller, DeWan's a good start, and then maybe one of those guards we've been talking about. I don't know, like, last night down the stretch, it was El Marco in late. So I didn't, I didn't know how you guys felt about that. Maybe that's Bill just kind of trying to get him more minutes in a tight game. But I don't know. Like, what would you guys want the lineup to be down the stretch in a tight game? I I lean El Marco right now, I think, too. Like, Timberlake, you just – I want the guy to figure it out. But, like, he is not – you can't trust him. You can – there's times where he'll, like – he'll get a ball and he'll be kind of in transition – 
And he's not even looking to make like a good basketball play. He's just looking to get rid of the ball. Like he'll just toss it to a guy. And it's like a pass where you normally wouldn't see it in the flow of the game, but he kind of just wants it out of his hands. So I think El Marco is just a guy that needs reps. And I think he's going to be a guy that when it clicks, it's going to click and it's going to be very clear. Um, but yeah, it's, it's tough because you watch the furfy jumper and you're like, I would like him on the floor at all times, please, because that's the sexiest jumper I've ever seen in my life. So especially Friday night, I just I think that's a really tough matchup. I think it could be Marquette esque, where they're just gonna get out and pressure our guards and make it really tough. Um, make it tough pick and roll wise, where they just take the guy away, Dewan, stay in front of him and just take away the roll guy. So I think it could be a lineup where we just need shooters. Um, UConn's obviously still really good. They got a lot of guys back from that team, Klingon, um, Tristan Newton, Caravan, and then they got this stud freshman in. So it's it's going to be a tough matchup. And I think UConn always just brings it from a physical standpoint and energy standpoint. Like Hurley just gets those guys fired up. So they're going to have to match that. Oh, Castle, the freshman, might not play much, which is huge. I think uh, I read on Twitter before. We oh, and then they... He's not playing. They got uh, that Spencer kid from Rutgers who KU fans are just going to hate after Friday, by the way. He's yeah, white boy that plays really hard guards and can just knock he down three. He'll see on that time oh. they played in. But, okay, I want to talk, or we can make UConn predictions and stuff, but real quick, I want to um, throw a scenario at you guys that I was thinking about today. Mm-hmm. And we've played this game before. And I've kind of added a wrinkle to it. You know, it's the classic It's the classic game of if you could add any player from the Bill Self era to this Kansas team, who would it be? But I, th- I got to thinking, like, the game's kind of stupid because it's like you're always going to pick uh, Devontae Graham or if you need a big, you're going to pick Joel Embiid. Or you, like, there's, there's just a couple guys. But what I'm going to throw at you guys, which probably would have taken some more prep and thought, but... You you got to pick a guy from a former Bill Self team, but it can't be a guy that was an All-American. It can't be a guy that was like all Big 12 first team, second. Like, it's just got to be kind of a, like glue a, a glue guy, but it could be better than a glue guy. It doesn't have to be Isaiah Moss. It could be a little better than Isaiah Moss. But like, like I think Sfee, I'll just throw out, I think could I be an option. I don't consider him an All-American, but he'd be great for this team. But maybe, yeah, like That's Nick just said in the chat, Malik Newman. Um, I know we have Hunter, but I the other day I was actually trying to think of like fours that could complement Hunter, like a four that could step out That's and shoot it. I was it. thinking, like, is it shoot? Do you want a two guard that could shoot it? Or would it be filthy to have a, well, I'm trying to think of a four that wasn't like, wasn't Rainy Dick one. would be an interesting option. Yeah, but I'm thinking about like Josh and Grady. Like, are those guys we can even add? I think Josh is sitting weirdly. He's like, but he's like almost playing wise. This is going to sound crazy, but like, no, I know like KJ, like athletic, not a big shooter. Um, So I don't know. I was thinking on that. And the obvious choice seems you jump at a shooter. But then I got thinking, well, I kind of want someone that can penetrate, get in the, get in, like a a better guard that's maybe not an elite shooter, a guy that can actually get to the bucket, create a basket. Like that was the thing about the 2020 team. Devon Dotson at any point could get past his man and get into the paint. Man. And we just don't have that. 
other than, I mean, McCuller can get get in the paint pretty easily, but yeah. So I don't know. It's a but he's not like an explosive, crazy athlete that can just drive by anyone and just dunk on dudes at will. Um, yeah, it is. It is tough. Um, fuck. I mean, Mario Chalmers probably d- wouldn't count. Brandon yeah, Rush, they were too good. But yeah, I would consider them guys that like are always in the typical answer you give. Yeah, Trav would be a good glue guy. He's just not. He shot it better throughout his career. Yeah, um, like McCuller. If, yeah, and Benny Mack would be Ben. Mack. I mean, he was too good though. Like, if you're a top five pick, and <laughs> I don't know, it's just tough. Like T. Rob probably wouldn't be good because he's kind of a bruiser. He could get out and shoot it a little bit, but he's kind of just would bang down low. Um, and weirdly, what I was thinking about is like last year, if we were to play this game, Hunter Dickinson would be a guy that you would say. You'd be like, if you could just get Dickinson in at the five. And then now this year, you're saying, oh, well, you take Grady Dick. Like it just goes to show that every single year, you're going to have a a spot where you're just like, man, it, it just doesn't, it's not quite there. But I don't know, what about like a... Uh, Darrell Arthur. I mean, I would love to see Darrell Arthur. And I think I say this all the time, but like, I would love to see this. this What about, what about Jam and Julian? Was he too good? I don't think so. I wouldn't consider him too good. I feel like if if the guy got picked in the lottery, he was probably too good. I also, that that takes out both of those. Julian Wright's kind of KJ Adams, isn't he? Like, same style in a way. God, Julian was fun. I'm trying to think. I mean, yeah, tra- I, I don't know if this is crazy, but would you debate Malik Newman between Grady Dick, or is there a for sure answer between those two? I know Grady was a lottery pick, but do we kind of have? I mean, we don't have a shooter like Grady, but I think Furphy is kind of speedy Grady ish. Uh, I just feel like take four we, games away from Malik, and it's I was about to say the same. Yeah, like with, with, I don't know, he, and he led us to a Final Four that no longer counts, but like. Most of that season we spent doing, we weren't doing the podcast yet, but if we did a podcast, most of the episodes would probably include us being like, what is up with Malik Newman? When is he going to figure it out? So, like, yeah. I mean, if we're taking away like lottery picks and stuff like that, it could be a guy like Brady or Tyrell, as crazy as that sounds. I mean, a guy that guards, plays well, can shoot it. Um, I don't know if those two are really blowing by defenders and. I would say like a Tyshawn, but he was probably a second team All American. And just like I still feel like we'd want but God, he would be the guy that gets in the paint like I was talking about, but man, it, I got two it, names. <laughs> Outside the box. Brandon Green. Brandon Green's one of them and J <laughs> J.R. Giddens is the other. I was gonna say J.R. Giddens. <laughs> yes, that's the answer. And I'm, he's oh hit clutch God. shots in his life. I mean, Dewan here yes. was very good. Jr. Giddens, Kevin McCuller, KJ Adams. I don't know. That's still like a team where it's like who's handling the ball. I guess Kevin Harris. and Dewan Harris. Uh, I mean, gosh, Malik Newman's a really good answer. Yeah. Right. Um, who's the first guy we said right out of the gate? Savier gets forgotten. He's probably the one, but if Xavier came back, his dad would have to be like, we'd have to get a, uh, what, what do they call those? This is just insane. Restraining order. Restraining order from the city of Lawrence, Kansas, and any other hometowns of Big 12 schools. See, this could be like a freshman that didn't paint out, but we know is good, like a Josh Selby. 
Yeah. Oh. Kelly. Super League MVP. For people Kelly's not. Kelly's not a bad answer. He wasn't an All-American, but he was a lotto pick. And, I mean, could you slide? Like, who? I'm trying to think of a guy that you could slide to that shoots it, that's athletic, and also could play the four. I feel like Ubre maybe you could slide him in at the four. Like, you put Dewan, Almarco, McCuller, and Ubre. That could be a pretty electric lineup. I don't know. It, it's a fun game to think about. Also frustrating sometimes when you think, man, if we just had that type of player on this team, we're not losing. But you could say I also, I was doing all that assist, that hard working um, assist research last night. And we forget, I know we know, but we forget how elite of a point guard Devontae was. Like in his only year at point, I was looking at single season assist leaders. He's number one at 282. Like, Dude. And Dewan, I'm I'm looking at Dewan because Dewan's at like 52 already. He's averaging six, seven. He'll average six or seven assists. So you got 24 more um, regular season games, so that'd be 168. He'd be at 675, which would get him ahead of Kirk Heinrich at, for fourth all time, and then he would be right around Cedric Hunter at 684. So you're gonna have big twelve tournament and the tournament. So he's gonna be, I think, probably guaranteed to be third all time, but. I don't even Dude, know if that, he would come close to Dite's. That's exactly why I left Dite out because it doesn't matter what team you're dealing with. You could Dite was the reason I said can't have an All American because you could plug Dite into any team. He's, he can play the two. He can play the one. Doesn't matter if you're lacking shooting, he'll help you. If you're lacking distributing, he'll help you. Like he's just he truly was so perfect, and it's insane that. Dewan, now oh, he's going to get the extra year. But so wait, where will Dewan be at compared to Dite by the end of this year? If you just assume he had a four year career, pretty far off, right? Like single season uh, or all time assists? Yeah, where's Dite on all time assist? He's fifth at 632. Dewan's at 507 right now. So Dewan, I was, I did regular season, which is 24 games. He times that by six or seven. That's either that's right around 150, so he'd be at 560 right there ahead of DT. That's wild. But DT yeah, was kind of year. He really didn't play that much. Yeah, and but I guess quick answer since we probably need to wrap up pretty quick. But if you could just pick one Bill Self player, no matter the accolades or what, who would it be for this team? Yeah, I was thinking DT. He saw Lawrence. Yeah, Mark. A twin would be great. Mark Keefe could be an answer for the last one, even yeah. though he was Lotto. Yeah, I think I mean, Marcus really, Morris just check. I mean, Ben would be so awesome. I think Macklemore would be fucking fun. You guys want to have a therapy session? Talk about how Marcus Morris, Mark Keefe Morris lost to VCU in the Elite Eight. Because I still, I mean, think about how perfect of a college basketball player Marcus Morris is. Big toll player of the year. Didn't play in the Final Four. Same with Frank. Frank made senior year, Frank. I was just thinking this as we were talking to Vontae. If you just had to pick a Bill Self type player, like what what skills do you want? Like who is that mold? And I think like I think senior year, Frank, which is not that bold to say he won the freak national player of the year, but like I think that is just the most perfect Bill Self player you could possibly have because he's he figured out his shot that year. He could drive, get to the basket. I think Devontae's up there too, 
but I don't You're know. You're missing a He's on the roster right now. You've already said it that Hunter Dickinson was made in a lab to play basketball. Oh, that was good. So. I was gonna I was gonna get to the big men next. Like okay. yeah. The big men. I think it's it's a point guard and it's a center. Those are the two guys like those two positions that Bill Self was just born to coach. Um but yeah, Dickinson's up there. If I'm he, stuck on the market, he protected the rim a little bit. I love I that. that. I, Hills, I almost said Withy for that question. Can you imagine Withy? I, I think it may be Cole Aldridge. Probably. Probably. But can you imagine two seven-foot whites just rolling around dominating <laughs> this game? Oh, my God. We got to wrap up. <laughs> oh. Okay. I want to hear. I don't know. I mean, UConn's electric. They're athletic. They're. Sc- I'm scared. I think it's going to be a really tough game. I think it's going to be not bad. But what's early line, AB? What's Ken Palm? Minus one. Yeah, I guess pick last night. It's boys. Big game at Allen Fieldhouse. They win them 95% of the time. They do. Yeah, but what after playing like shit? If we lose, are the lights gone? Like, I don't know. They were were kind of sick. They look kind of sick, but we almost lost to Eastern Illinois. Like, you know what it looked like? What I took from that video when I saw it was that, uh, they they took the shit pump alert thing and they just assumed that that game was going to be a shit pump alert and just circled a red light around the whole gym and I love it because if that's going to happen that would be funny we go on a 15-0 run to go up like 31 to 12 and they just start running and they start doing that with a siren um yeah I I, I think it'll be obviously an awesome game I think Kling, Klingon's obviously good but I think we can match up with him decently well Hunter God he kills me defensively just how slow he can be on his feet and how he can't jump. It's so funny, but I think UConn's kind of having the same issues as KU right now where they're trying to find their rotation. They're trying to find their bench. I had no idea about Castle, their freshman. Our producer, Nick, just kind of dropped in saying he might not play or he might not play a ton. I think that's pretty big. Um, Tristan Newton, Caravan, um, and the Spence, and Spencer will get out and guard and they'll make it tough on our guards. So I think they're going to try to do what Marquette did. I don't know why teams wouldn't try to emulate what they did, which is just get out, um, pressure the guards, make DeLon kind of beat you, try to speed him up a little bit, don't let him dribble drive. And <laughs> what I say? Nothing. Tennessee's been 10. Oh, my. Oh, wow. But they're scoring because UNC's got 84 points with eight minutes to go. So. So yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a great game. But like AB said, KU is so good at the Fieldhouse in general. But for the bigger games where it's highly anticipated, and the Fieldhouse is going to be crazy. Friday night game. I obviously am going to take KU all day. I have one note before we leave. Uh, so I, I'm sure all you guys saw the uh, video going viral of KU camping that started this morning, and someone like people were saying it's the most people they've ever seen at camping. I assure you, and you guys were all there too. I assure you that there were more people at 6 a.m. at the Fieldhouse to get lottery numbers for Andrew Wiggins against Pittsburgh State in his debut. That place was packed. That looks Andrew like, Wiggins. That had, looked like a minor league game compared to. Yeah, I was a little shocked that went so viral. I mean, it's still very impressive. Yeah. But like, oh yeah, dude, Missouri back or uh, yeah, Missouri 2012. I guess I wasn't there yet, but. Uh, Missouri 2012. I, maybe I'm getting the game wrong, but there were maybe it was Kentucky 2015. Like there was a game where it was insane. Plus, like you said, yes, the Wiggins early year stuff was bananas. Andrew Wiggins was like freaking Taylor Swift level famous on KU's campus for the first few weeks of of that year. 
I wonder what an NIL would have been if uh, if that was a thing back then. So insane. out of this world, insane. But all right, let's wrap up. Um, this was a this was a fun one. But uh, I think hey, if KU beats UConn, which I think they will, Resume. we are all the way back. Like there's no negative things to say. I mean, we can. There's still going to be concerns, but like this team is not even close to where they can be. And if you wrap up December, basically December 1st, and you've got wins over UConn, Tennessee, Kentucky, this team's going to be so good. So we'll see. But they could also lose, and then we'll have a conversation about that too. But uh, all right. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back next week. And uh, rock chalk. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.